You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? I mean, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now, please, get off this planet. While you still have a choice. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. That's right, folks, we are back. And still no Doctor Who news. jeez. Oh, <sighs> That's why we are calling this the Wasted Years. But <laughs> we're having a lot of fun doing it. And we are back to the Seventh Doctor era this time. And it's the Doctor and Mel going up against with Delta and the Bannermen should be very interesting to talk about and we've got a great crew here to talk all about it of course we have the lovely and very talented mary ogle here hi everybody it is great to be here it's awesome to have you here mary is this the first time you've seen this one or have you seen this one before it is the first and probably the only time that i will have seen this one aha well there you go and we also have mr michael gordon Howdy! Well, you sound like you're coming from somewhere in <laughs> Wales right now. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm using 1956 technology. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I'm using my phone to dial in, so I hope I sound okay. Well, if we make it through this episode, we will all take a trip to 1959 Disneyland. I promise. Because <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? Mm-mm, no, what could go totally wrong? It's... It was an interesting episode, and we'll talk all about it in a few minutes. But, of course, we want to hear from you guys at home. Please feel free to write us at earthstationwho at esonetwork.com. Definitely would love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on these episodes we're doing? We would love to hear suggestions of you guys telling us what we should watch. Because we still don't know when Doctor Who is coming back. So we've got quite a bit of time still to talk about different episodes, different stories, different big Finnish audios. We're going to be doing one next time. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, we're not, we always like watching new things and sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad, but we definitely would love to hear from you guys. So please write us or, you know, if you don't want to do email, you could always just leave a note for us up on social media. We also, we do have a Twitter page. We also have a Facebook group, which gets a lot of action. And, you know, we have a lot of different people participating in that. And we put jokes up there, any Doctor Who breadcrumbs of news that we could be getting. Anything. Anything. We'll talk, we'll talk about anything. So please join us, you know, up on any kind of the social medias. We definitely would love to hear from us. And, you know, please write us. And of course, you got to give a big shout out to our patrons where, you know, they're helping supporting us in this dead time, keeping us up on the air, as we like to say. So it should be a lot of, you know, 
greatness we give try to give special things to our patrons and for as little as 25 cents a week you can listen to original podcasts you could get the show 48 hours early before the rest of the world it's not that bad so only a dollar a month pretty decent folks really have to say that and all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash eso network not that hard to do and you know we thank you in advance or thank you for those who have been supporting and continue to listen during this period, especially this riveting story that we're going to review today. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, Dr. Who news, not much you know, news coming out of BBC, you know, little breadcrumbs, little things and whispers, but still nothing really that, you know, big to talk about. They did some shoot, you know, night shooting, uh, couple weeks back you know over with some daleks but we don't know where that fits in or where we don't know that what it fits with so we're not going to really get in depth with that because we just don't know yet and i don't like putting out rumors and talking about things that aren't true or that we don't have you know facts for so i just think that's better with that what do you guys think yeah i agree i don't i mean there's always rumors all over the place it's it's not worth bringing those up because most of the time we're wrong when we talk about them. Well, exactly. If we listen to half the things that are said out there, we would be thinking that the doctor's regenerating every other week, you know, <laughs> yeah. or that or become the Graham show. Yeah. It's like 50, 50, whether or not we're how accurate we are with our reviews, our projections, it would just be even more of a worse scenario. Exactly. So I think truthfully, I think, our directions are, you know, we're just going to keep clear from it and keep our nose clean. You know, it does better and, you know, it makes me feel better and I could sleep at night, not making up lies. Ha, ha, ha. So, but. Not about uh, that anyway. No, exactly. But they did announce, um, actually, Mike Gordon actually kind of predicted this one. They are coming um, out with the recreation, the animated version of Fury from the Deep in 2020. So we're getting an to be fair, it wasn't a prediction. It's just that when we were talking about, you know, stuff last time about their releasing stuff, when I was looking at Amazon, that was already there. And I remember asking, like, does anybody know anything about this one? Nope. So I guess Amazon was on top of things. Now we know. So there you go. Come on, yeah, Mike. But I don't, yeah, was, I don't pat, know pat yourself on the back. Uh, I can't reach. <laughs> He's like a T-Rex. He just has short arms. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it because the faceless ones are also coming out in 2020. So we're going to get two new releases uh, now, fully animated. Are these 100% animated? Like, because yeah. um, uh, isn't, I can't remember. I think, was Macroterra completely animated? I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. I know I saw it, but I can't remember if it was or not. But, you know, some of them are and some of them aren't. So I didn't, I couldn't remember if, uh, if, if these that are coming out are completely 100% animated. I, assuming that it's 100% animated, but yeah. they had, they had the audio for it, but they didn't have the, the, you did, didn't have the, any of the video left. They're and are these both stuff. second Doctor stories? Yes. Okay. 
So I love second life stories. Well, it's great because, and that's you know, people have been predicting what's next because they already have the character sketches and the designs already for you know Victoria, Jamie, and and the Doctor. So you know, because they've talked about doing a couple Evil of the Daleks, like we had mentioned, and a couple other ones that are still missing. Hell, I would love them to find the Highlanders. I would love them to do that because that's Jamie's first story. But, you know, this is, it's going to be fun to see. I've never, I've read the book of the, of, of the Fury of the Deep, but I have never seen anything other than a couple stills of the doctor wearing a wool-like sailor's hat. That's it. Hmm. So it would be very interesting to see. So I'm excited about it. And, you know, people had predicted that, like we had talked about last time, that they were going to possibly do Marco Polo or one of the first Dr. Dalek stories that were still missing. So that, you know, if they ever do the chase, <laughs> that's going to just be amazing. So we'll have to wait and see. So it should be interesting. But overall, that is it for Dr. Who News. With and the... um. I know we talked about, I think last time we talked about the, the, you know, those students doing the recreation of that, that one's uh, episode. That's a prelude to a massive dialect story. Have, is that available? The, the, the dialect story itself? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Because no, maybe but, that's something that they could look at packaging, you know? Nope. That'd be cool to do too. I would, it would be interesting to see if they could do that, but, you see how long it takes them to do a four points part story. Could you imagine them doing a six part or a 12 part story? How long it would take them to animate. So I'm open to it. Don't get me wrong. And it's better than those episodes where they had the audio, but they only had still pictures with it. Yeah. Those are, what are those called again? Telesnaps. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, I'm, I've tried watching Doctor Who that way, some of the classic stories and like, look, some of our, you know, we have good friends that are doing podcasts and they're watching them that way. That's really tough for me. Um, it I, I, it's fun. almost, it's kind of nice, you know, if I'm doing the audio, um, I'm listening to the audio. It's kind of nice every once in a while to have a picture for reference of what people look like or what settings look like. But as far as just watching a slideshow with audio, yeah, that, that's, that's not going to hold my interest. I'm afraid. Mm-mm. Agreed. It'll be interesting to see what they do and how they could put it together. But, you know, cause we've, you know, we've done, I think we did what we did. Uh, one of the do- second doctor stories with, with the underwater menace. I think it was, if I remember correctly, or one of those. So, okay. Well, I'm glad we all remember which episodes we've done. <laughs> we're, all, we're old people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know that I don't. Yeah, I know we did the Outer Water Menace, but yeah, yeah I don't I remember don't know if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Or, but there were also, I think, when we also did the uh, the one with the first Doctor that they've they've couple of them that we saw that they did the still pictures of the audio and truthfully it lost me in some ways 
and it didn't hold my attention as much for some reason as it, the animation or seeing the live action. Yeah. I mean, it, look, they're in a difficult position. Um, I get it. So there's no best case scenario until, you know, the technology's there where they can easily recreate stuff. But, um, you know, in the meantime, I'm, I, I'm glad that they're going through the effort of doing that and trying to do something with these uh, lost stories because, you know, we want to see them. I yeah. want to see them. I want to have, you know, a complete Troughton collection. You know, I, I, I want to see all his stories. You know, we've seen already that some of them, some of them are okay. You know, like, oh, that was nice. You know, um, uh, but uh, some of them are amazing. Uh, you know, thank God uh, they found... Um, what's the one with uh, Troughton in two roles? Oh, that we did. God, we're doing good tonight. I know. What is wrong people, with us tonight? People, people are. That, well, unfortunately, and that was that was enemy of the world, friends. Enemy of the world. Thank you. Um, that was amazing. I'm so glad that that was you know found because that was so good. I mean, Troughton was amazing in both parts, and it was just. Like that, one of the highlights, I think, of his run, and that's I'm just glad that they found that. So, uh, what other you know? There's probably some other gems in there too, you know. Oh, I'm sure there is, and you know, we could always hope that somebody goes up to their grandparents' attic. Hey, what are <laughs> these videotapes doing up there? Oh, that's just you know something I had collected when I worked at the BBC or something like that, which would be pretty darn awesome. So we'd have to wait and see, though. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm hoping. I really am. So you know, but we'll see. All right. I think that is it for news this week. So. Oh, the only other thing I wanted to mention was, and this was kind of cool. Mike. Jesus. Yeah, sorry. I just want to mention, uh, like, because it was kind of cool. It's not really Doctor Who. It's Doctor Who related. But um, uh, the other day, Peter Capaldi uh, posted a picture from him uh, that he was at uh, Oxford Bookstore. Uh, here in Atlanta, because they're shooting um, uh, Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad, which I'm not sure what part he's in. He plays in that, but uh, he plays um, Harley <laughs> Of course, of course. Um, yeah, he took over for Margot. Um, and uh, uh, but it was just cool seeing him because he was dressed very much like. I mean, he was holding a cover from one of the Doctor Who um, comics from Titan, and he was wearing something very similar to uh, what he. Uh, or is the doctor on that cover? And I guess it just goes to show you that he really is kind of like the doctor and what he was, what he wears. No, I've seen him dress in real life and it, he does dress very similar. You know, he might wear a t-shirt with the long jacket or something or a sports coat or something. That's very doctorish, which is pretty awesome. And to see him at Oxford is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, just in a place that uh, I, I've, I've been many times and uh, and checking out comics. I don't know if he was, I mean, they're really into filming this. So I don't know, I doubt, you know, I don't know if he was there for some sort of research or on his character. Or if he was just there because he likes going to see comics. I, I know that he's a geek, so he was probably there just to look around maybe. Hopefully. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm definitely sure with that. But also, if you want to touch on some Doctor Who related news. Uh, Stephen Moffat's Dracula just dropped a trailer. Yes, that looks interesting. That's right. Yeah. Is that is that Gatus too? Is he part of that too? Because it's yeah. the team. It says the yes. team that brought you Sherlock. So I'm assuming yeah, it's, it's Gatus. Yes, it's Gatus and Moffat. Yeah. Um, so you'll you'll be bound to see what one episode a year. So 
<laughs> Three episodes uh, every five years. Okay, that's yeah, fair. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the plan is to see it here in the states, but uh, I can imagine. I, you know, I, I would, be, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, um, networks are are not fighting over trying to air it because it looks like it's spectacular. Nope, it does look spectacular, and you know, you definitely could uh, check see what it says. So it's pretty cool. So we got some good stuff there coming. So cross your fingers, and you know. That should be coming out in 2020. And by the end of 2020, we should get Doctor Who. How's that for tying it all back? Fingers crossed. (laughs) Okay. So now we are going to take a break. And we'll be back with Delta and the Bannerman. Hey, all. This is Drew Leiter from the Earth Station DCU podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Cletus and I are back. Yes, we uh, got one of the shuttlecrafts working that got marooned on a planet called Mogo. No, not the Green Lantern planet, but that's a story for another time. We're here to tell you we're back. We're back to talk about DC news. We're here to talk about comics. And of course, we're here to talk about DC television shows. We're very excited about talking Crisis on Infinite Earth's crossover coming up. So make sure you tune in to listen to us. We're right here on the ESO Network. Welcome back to our station, Who, and we are going to be talking all about Delta and the Bannerman. That's right, from November 2nd to the 16th of 1987. And we are looking at a Sylvester McCoy story, and this story was actually supposed to be Bonnie Lanford's last episode of Doctor Who. She was. She had already announced... marry her off to one of the Bannermen? I have no idea, or maybe they were supposed to marry her off to that uh, guy who ran the holiday camp. They would have been a great <laughs> couple. But it was it was supposed to be, and that's they were then grooming uh, a new companion in this episode. They were actually um, Sarah Griffiths as Ray was going to be the new companion because she actually at different parts she reminded me very much of Ace. Anyway, she was kind of ace-like, and yeah, so, she was very competent. Oh, very much so. I couldn't stand her accent though, because I couldn't tell what she was. Her accent was supposed to be Welsh or a fake Welsh accent or what? And I couldn't tell if it was somebody. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was somebody who was trying an accent that was just outside of their range, or if it was someone who had a really thick accent that was trying. Not to make it so thick, like I, it was somewhere in between. Like I was like, "What is happening with her?" Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't figure that out either. Whether that was her or whether they told her to do that, I know that's very strange. That was just very odd. And so basically, uh, she was Bonnie was like whiffling when she wanted to leave, if she wanted to leave at the end of the season, or if she was going to stay for a little bit of the next season and halfway through the production of this, she decided I'm going to stay for one more story into the next season. And by that point, um, they had, you know, written the script that, you know, Mel was going to leave. So they had to change it up real quick. 
and then you know basically you know Andrew Cartmel had come up with the er- the character of Ace based off of Ray and took her to another level because I think Ace was one of my favorite new old series you know companions next to Sarah Jane yeah I think Ace is my absolute favorite even though it's not my favorite seasons oh no not at all makes everything better well no I'm not sure Ace could have made this better no no well it was it was really interesting the storyline, you know, didn't make sense until they got to Earth, what it was all about. But that's usual, you know. It was just kind of out there, kind of Douglas Adams feel in some ways, like them landing at the toll booth and saying, you're our 10 billionth customer, you're going to Earth. And it's like, what? And them all, you know, all like, you know, goofy and everything all these people changing shapes and they're going to 1959 disneyland and it was like what it just didn't make (laughs) it just it just it was like what and everything but it was campy and it was fun if you didn't it it was amusing and kind of a b movie oh exactly that's a good way to put it i am you know i i've made it clear it's no secret that this era uh, of Doctor Who, the John Nathan Turner years are not my favorite. And yet I know people who I respect who love this. And I'm often confused as to why. Um, but actually watching this one, I kind of get it. You know, I mean, if you were if you were like us and you grew up with the fourth Doctor and how that was a particular type of Doctor Who... You know, mostly, um, you know, what I like to say is like junior Hammer movies, you know, done on, done for kids. Um, this is, a, this, this method of making Doctor Who, these stories and focus are completely different. They're more, they're not really concerned with scaring you um, as much as they are just going on wacky adventures. Yeah, it's and, more, it's more goofy. Yeah, and I think, you know, if if that's something that you appreciate more than, like, you know, as opposed to the horror ones, then this era is, like, really for you. And Sylvester is really a great doctor for that. Um, because most of the ones that we've seen in this era are, are just, like, you know, they're really overly complicated uh, plots that, you're right, Mike, They someone's trying to be douglas adams it feels like but they're just not as competent and uh they're putting all this stuff out there and hoping that you know it's just a fun romp and meanwhile these poor hackers have to have to make what they can out of it and uh uh sylvester is great he manages to 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 shine no matter what um and later on ace does too but uh you know, the rest of it is like, sometimes it just makes it really difficult to, to watch these because it's, it, it's just not, I just, I guess I'm not a, a big a fan of the campy Doctor Who era. Well, it, it's very over the top. And, yes. And I couldn't, I could even enjoy that on a certain level, like Mike and I were saying. It's kind of a, you know, amusing B-movie type of thing. Exactly. And, you know, I just, I checked my brain at the door 
you know, when I started watching it and seeing what was happening in this one, and I knew it was a Mel episode, so that was definitely a <laughs> yeah. reason to do that. Once, once I knew it was Mel, it was like, okay, just settle in because this could be painful. And to be honest, she's not in it. She's she's completely irrelevant in this movie. Like no. she, I mean, in, in this story, she doesn't need to be there at all. No, she is so worthless she, in this. She one. adds she adds nothing. In fact. At one point during one of the biggest events of the story, she'd rather go to sleep. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go lay here, doctor. It's like my, you you could tell she was so checked out from the show by that point too. My roommate is giving birth to this weird green alien thing. And you know what? I'm just going to sleep through this. That's fine. Just, I'm going to go to bed. Right. You know, (laughs) Why why is it that every science fiction show, especially from the 80s, has to have the plot line where there's a baby that grows rapidly? I swear to God, I've seen that. (laughs) And remember V? (laughs) Pretty sure that happened in Battlestar Galactica at some point. It just, it never works. (laughs) It's always a dumb plot line. It's like a, a, a desperate plot line because uh, the writer obviously had no idea what else to do. Yeah, so, they've got a right. little bit of, uh, they've got this like princess in white running from the uh, this oppressive regime. Like, oh yeah, this is yeah. not inspired by Star Wars at all. I, I like oh, how no. the, body, the body seat grows <laughs> along with her. So she always has this sort of white bodysuit thing on. And then when the... Um, when, <laughs> Until when the, she's suddenly in a dress. That right. she apparently right. Bought, borrowed, sudden, it borrowed from Mel. She, apparently she borrowed it from Mel. And <laughs> Mel is nowhere near her size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that also. It's like, uh, <laughs> what? There was just so many little things in this. It's like, you could borrow one of my dresses. Oh, and they didn't have mini skirts by this point yet. You know, and it was just like, it was just really badly done it was dumb yeah it was you really do have to like switch your brain off because i mean if you want to really just embrace the camp and enjoy it you just have to run with it and and yeah some of it's not going to make sense but you just have to kind of you're just along for the ride right and uh and there's some interesting elements to be sure i mean the idea of there being some sort of touristy Thing that goes back in time to Earth to 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 um, see different periods or Disney World or whatever is kind of interesting. Well, think about um, it. they did the same thing in the new series with the space Titanic. They did. You're right. Absolutely, yeah. they did. And so you know, it's not an original idea, and it's been done on so many different shows. And so it didn't. That didn't surprise me at all. You know, them all being these slug monsters then going through these uh matter transmitters that turned them human and you know looking all like you know goofy and everything that was a little you know douglas adams ish but eh, it was overall wow you say that like douglas adams is just a bad thing like (laughs) in this case in this case it is yeah bad douglas adams it it is it's really badly done douglas adams and i loved how this they made the spaceship look like a bus it was hilarious i you know what i don't mind all of that um i mean that that's fine it's just when you when you to me and my you know what i'm looking at is story and characters and 
Um, that's what bugs me. Like, like when you're like some of the stuff with the bus and all that kind of stuff, that's, that's fun. I get that. But when you have a major character, uh, who we see right from the beginning, the woman who, you know, the princess Leia type that escapes the regime with her seemingly droid thing and, and goes and goes and hides out on the bus. And then, you know, is it, you know, it rooms with Mel, but that turns out to go nowhere. And instead she finds a guy that like, they are a couple, like, I'm like, did I miss an episode? Because suddenly right. they're a couple. <laughs> and, and that, see, that's what I find ex- inexcusable. It's like that sort of thing. Like you need to build those relationships. We need to see that happen. Otherwise we don't care about these people. Yeah. This writer was totally clueless <laughs> on how to write interesting characters. Oh I mean, God. Yes. Yeah. None of them went anywhere. And like the boyfriend guy, the whole plot line about him, drinking the alien stuff basically (laughs) yeah it was basically alien breast juice or whatever (laughs) you know (laughs) but that's the truth that's what it was it it, it was it was baby formula that you know they used her to to grow and it was like (laughs) why that would first of all that would probably just kill you you if you're a different species but then he somehow it gives him also a white bodysuit and some makeup. <laughs> That's basically what it does to him. Mm-hmm. No, and it was just it was just it was so convoluted. Even from the scene when the egg hatched and it was this green gooey thing, and then she was holding a, a puppet or something in her hand. And then it's like a baby. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the net, they came back. It was a toddler wearing a green outfit. It was just like. <laughs> What? <laughs> Judy Judy was watching it with me and she was just like why? <laughs> and she gets less green as she goes along for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just it's stuff like that. The the bad guy is not really that menacing. Um uh the only the most menacing thing he does is when he's eating that god awful whatever that hunk of meat thing oh, that he's chewing yeah. on at one point, and it's like that's as revolting as he gets because you're like, what are you eating? Like that's just what? Um, was that one of the camp? Was that one of the campers or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it would have been cool if that's you know if if they had gone there. <laughs> no. Oh no! Oh well, hell when they destroyed the bus. And there was no, no damn. There was no like any of the pieces of the bus or anything. It just went poof, it vaporized. Judy said, "Did it warp out of there?" It's like, oh no, I don't think so. No, I will say when they when he destroyed the bus, I did go, oh crap! Like that was a that was a very effective like oh that was a like, bad thing. Yeah, that was that was a shocking moment. Oh, only it was. I mean, it wasn't as shocking as it could have been because you didn't care about any of the people on the bus. I can't. I like the bus driver. I like the bus driver. The bus driver. I, like, the okay. I will say this: I did like the bus driver. But you didn't know any of the others. No, 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 not at all. But it was funny as hell because you know when you know the bus driver was like when he was like in his PJs and you know the doctor, you got to get out of here. Oh, I'm I'm just getting dressed. The bannermen are coming. We'll be out in three minutes. Boom. You know, he was awesome. Or, oh God, the satellite running into the bus. 
Oh, that was terrible. And those two U.S. agents? Don't, real- don't, don't. Do we, we don't oh. want to talk about that. That's just, that's, that's the low point. Well, that's right, John. I've never <laughs> seen anything like that. <laughs> I'll tell you there, boy. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to look like I'm coaching the Yankees. Exactly. That, that's exactly. That'll show up. Every American goes around wearing a <laughs> to fight Yankees jacket and cap. Uh-huh, exactly. You know, that, that <laughs> spells America to me. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Yeah, it was that. It was, uh, the beekeeper was pretty cool, though. That was interesting. Yeah, they didn't really, it seemed like there was something more going on with the beekeeper, like he was supposed to be an alien himself, or he knew something, or, but it doesn't go anywhere. No, you kind of had that suspicion and everything. There is, uh, there has been some speculation put out there that the beekeeper uh, is the doctor after he's retired and has become a beekeeper, because I think he says that in some storyline and he says he's going to retire and become a beekeeper sort of like Sherlock Holmes did and and even Stephen Moffat has mentioned that oh, yeah that could be the case like um so uh it's not obviously I don't put a lot of stock into it but it is kind of interesting that they kind of lay that out there and, and then I mean I think people were desperate to find something in this episode <laughs> so because, yeah, like, <laughs> like you're not going to see Big Finish go, hey, here's some new adventures of the two American guys. <laughs> They're going to be yeah. as popular as uh, the two guys. Jago uh, and Lightfoot. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> They're the next yeah, Jago and Lightfoot. I have met Jago and Lightfoot, sir, and they were no Jago and Lightfoot. <laughs> <laughs> and really, okay, I do know that in England, police boxes are a thing, right? I know that. Especially in 1959. But when you're watching Doctor Who, you really have to be careful when guys approach a police box, you're going, that's the TARDIS. Like, they're making calls on this police box, and I'm kind of like, is this the TARDIS? Is this not the TARDIS? Like, it it just threw me off. Yeah, it did me too. I kept, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's the TARDIS. Nope. (laughs) Because nope. otherwise, why is there a police box like in the middle of a like pond of a field. forest area? Yeah, yeah, it made no sense at all. But then nothing in this made sense, so why why change it there? I would not be surprised if there's some story or something out there where like that was actually the TARDIS and the Doctor was off having an adventure while these two guys were like <laughs> using the phone. <laughs> I'm sure there's fan fiction somewhere. Oh, we don't want to think about that, you know. <laughs> no, look, that's there's not there's not fan fiction of Delta and the Bannerman. Um, I don't. I really I refuse to believe that people <laughs> would, would bring that up. Um, very strange too. And and yes, I, I keep you know I'm I'm proud of myself for continuing to say Delta and the Bannerman because every time I have to check myself because my my initial thought is to say Echo and the Bunnyman, and uh, <laughs> it's just like a weird weird title but no it was you know the bannermen they were just assholes there was just no getting around it you know they they were there was no reason for them and you didn't even know what they were trying to conquer all you knew is that they were trying to wipe out uh delta's you know race and that's it 
Yeah, there's no backstory at all. No, no none at all. You have no idea what the hell this guy is um, yeah. trying to do. Exactly, you know, and you didn't terror. know. You didn't know what their story was, why they were doing it. They were laughing at the doctor, like, you're going to be reported to the, the authorities. And they were like, ha, 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 ha. And then, it is a nice little, I mean, Sylvester pulls it off. It is a nice, I think, uh, it's, a, it's a highlight of this, of this story where the doctor confronts him and, you know, and, and, and charges in and, and, you know, under the white flag and charges back out with mm-hmm. two hostages. And, you know, um, it, it it kind of flops there at the end when he's like, oh, oh yeah, I, think I went a little too far, and then nothing really happens. Yeah, but they still um, get they still get away, you know. Yeah, they still yeah. get away. They still yeah, without even the guy just fires up in the air. It's like I'm going to yeah. give away my hostages. That again, I this is going to be the mantra of my criticism. <laughs> it made no sense, but I I will say that Sylvester does the best he can. <laughs> Throughout this whole thing, he is he is the highlight of the episode. Watching Sylvester is fun. The rest of it is just kind of a mess. Is this pretty early on for him? Because there's the, times where he's this wearing is glasses. The, this is the end of his first season. Really? There's times yeah. where he's wearing glasses, and I'm like, I didn't know Sylvester wore glasses. Did the, the doctor wear glasses? And I guess it was a mistake, but yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they cared at all. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just did not care no this is the end of uh sylvester's first season because you know like we mentioned earlier this is when uh mel was think had announced that she was going to be leaving and so they were trying to wrap everything up with this storyline with her character and they basically pushed her completely away in this one yeah she, and, she doesn't do much in it at all no, at all. exactly. And the, and the only time she does anything of note is when she like convinces the bad guy that's that the the target is dead, and within minutes the doctor and the target ride up in the bikes and they're like, "Hey, everybody! Like we're alive!" It's like, oh, geez. howdy, you know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you're a liar. <laughs> she, she barely gets the sentence out, like, "Oh no, you killed her. She's dead." And it's like, "Hey, everybody, I'm here." Where's the party? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, it, it. the story just was very, very weak. And it just, it didn't play well. It's like, it almost felt like it was like mishmashed together. Hey, let's throw this scene together. Let's throw this one together. Um, you know, the holiday camp thing was a good setting for it, though. Because, you know, it was the middle of nowhere. And, you know, I don't think I'd ever be able to get a, a, any place to relax at a place like that. So this is perfect for that. <laughs> it could have been like, yeah, I mean, if you had just tweaked it a bit and done like a little, just added a little twinge of darkness, a little bit of like, oh, I don't know, like something that maybe Terry Gilliam would bring to this. Like the, then the, then the, the camp becomes, the Shangri-La becomes this kind of creepy, campy, weird place of these weird characters and you could have had a lot of fun with that like there's potential here i think but ultimately it doesn't live up to it at all no i mean it's just it's the biggest fault here is the writing oh yeah really bad writing it just it's it's not even coherent most of the time and and i agree but you could have a you could have had a lot of fun with with a setting in a 
uh, old timey holiday camp. You could, there's a lot of things you could do with that. And I, they did nothing <laughs> with it. Well, you know, what was funny though. Cause you know, the baby or the young lady had that sonic scream that, you know, hurt the ears and everything of the Bannerman. It was like the first time they did it, it shattered the glass in the house. But did it shatter anything at the holiday camp? No, not at all. It's ready for the next round of tourists. Yeah. Well, they ran out of money. They couldn't, they didn't have any more money to bust windows or anything. Mm-hmm, exactly. They, could, they couldn't ruin the camp. <laughs> By then, she had right. fine-tuned the scream so that it would only <laughs> yes, affect ears and not glass. Yeah. Was it live it was or was it Memorex? That's the question. <laughs> because, because even though the, the camp director had, they made it a point to, to, note, to note that he had earplugs, no one else did. <laughs> yeah. So, like the doctor and Mel and none of those had, like, had earplugs yeah. in. So. Apparently, she could aim it. <laughs> so, so oh, that, that's so loaded. That is such a loaded one. But yeah, it's there was just so many holes in this one. But you know, all in all, I loved Sylvester in it. He was great, and I just I had fun with him as the doctor and his rolling R's. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's it's only three parts, and but thank, it, there's thank goodness. Uh, yeah, the middle one's just sort of them going back and forth on the motorbike <laughs> constantly. <laughs> yeah, the motorbike, the scooter, you know, high speed chases all the way here, folks. And you know, we're not putting this one down. Don't don't think we are. We are a little bit, but there's <laughs> like I'm putting this down. But, no, but the, but the thing is, I I had fun as heck with this one. I had a blast. Yeah, it, there's there's an element of fun to this one. Sorry, Mary. There's a there's an element of fun to this one that, like I said, I can see it. I I can see where people, you know, like because it used to like kind of just bug me. I'm like, man, these people are people I respect. How can they? You know, I mean, I know we all have different tastes and everything, but geez, like this is like really radically different than anything else that I, or anything that I think people should like, you know? Um, but, but yes, if, if you're just clinging to, or not clinging to, I don't want to make it sound like wow. that, but if you're just, if you just want to have fun with it and along for the ride and are amused by, by these silly things that we're pointing out, then then yeah, this is the story for you, right? Um, I just, I just like to have mine with a little bit more characterization, actually a lot more, and uh, and plot, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not entirely unenjoyable in a, in a bad movie kind of way. I mean, you know, this is like if you're watching Sharknado or something like that. Right. It's about on that level, and and and, and I can enjoy it on that le- level, but it's. I mean, it's not the worst one we've ever seen. No, no, it's not good either. <laughs> not it's not even the worst one with Mel. No, <laughs> that's, that's true. Wow, as a matter of fact, it's the best one with Mel. So I can say that. <laughs> oh, poor Mel! <laughs> uh, you're not hearing an argument at all from me on this one, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. Like, yeah, I think. Have I said it before? I think she's my least favorite companion. I mean, yeah, I, if I haven't said it before, 
I'm, I'm, I, I right go now, on the record. I'll go on the record as saying she's my least favorite. There may be others that I, we run across that I, but no, Mel is, is my least favorite. She is pretty. And, and she wasn't, yeah, she's not relevant in this at all. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. I, I was, I was okay with her. It's kind of a toss up for me between her and Perry because Perry just annoys me a lot. <laughs> Oh, I can see that. No, no, I'm not. I'm not condoning Perry. This is this is not this is not Team Perry here. Oh. <laughs> the truth comes out. Okay, folks, we're going down a deep path here. Let's go ahead. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate this one? Nah. Just... nah. <laughs> All right, Mikey, you get to go first tonight. Who? All right. Well, based on the fact that it's Mel's best episode and that it's got some fun potential I can see in it, uh, I'm not going to be as brutal as I maybe have been with some of these uh, John Nathan Turner uh, stories in the past. So I'm going to give this two and a half. I'll give this a two and a half. I can't give it a three. Because there are, I, I probably will, ne- yeah, I'm not going to watch this ever again. Not by choice. Um, but it's not, it's, I won't put it as like one of the worst ones ever. Okay. Mary? Yeah, I am, uh, boy. I keep, I sort of kind of vacillating between two and two and a half. So I guess I'll give it a 2.25. Um, I mean, yeah, if you're in the right mood for it, maybe you got a glass of wine or two or three, um, you know, you can enjoy it in a bad movie kind of way. Um, Mel is at least relatively inoffensive here. <laughs> so and Sylvester is fun to watch. I will say that Sylvester is very fun to watch. Um, most of the other characters are completely ridiculous or forgettable or just plain stupid. Uh, and the storyline doesn't exist. But, you know, if you want to, you know, you just want something fun and silly to watch and to make fun of, then, yeah, why not? Go for it. Well, okay. I'm going to actually go ahead and let me do a little caveat here. I was drinking pie while watching this. <laughs> oh, now we understand. So, so, I'm giving it, so you're giving it a five. Uh, no. <laughs> No, no, no. I was actually thinking a three. Okay. And, well, Sylvester brought it up to a three for me because I love his doctor. And, you know, next to Tom, he is my favorite old series doctor of the modern era because, you know, Troughton is my all-time favorite, then Tom, then Sylvester, and there's countless other ones in there too, but... You know, I like, you know, I love what Sylvester brought to the series. And I also like what Andrew was doing with the storyline. And you could kind of see what he was starting to do with this season and at the end of it. And, you know, pointing it in a direction at least. And keeping Mel to the sidelines was the first part of that. So it was a good thing. And, you know, I'm curious to see what it could have done you know, later on if it lasted longer and wasn't, the show wasn't canceled. So, cause you know, I've talked to Andrew over countless beers and talked to him about, you know, what plans they had for the series and they had some great stuff going to happen, but 
that happened in some big of the big finish, but overall, you know, it just never came to fruition. And that happens when shows are canceled. That does happen. But with that being said, you know, we definitely would love to hear from you guys. What did you guys think of this one? I know a few of our friends really love this episode. So, you know, I'm curious to hear what did we miss? Did we miss something? Do we need to rewatch this three or four more times? And for any of our friends that have listened to us and talk about this episode, um, I'm not going to apologize because I feel the way I feel, but um, yeah, I mean, no offense. Like this is like, I, I'm happy that you guys are happy with this. Um, it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. And I wish we'd have someone, you know, one of these days we, when we review these, we should have somebody on here that really loves this era. So we can have some sort of, you know, conversation in a, in a completely fun and respectful way, of course. Well, of course, that's what I thought. <laughs> not just say. not just three on one pile on. Right? Yeah, I'd actually I'd, I'd love that to have somebody on who really loves this era because, and I actually do like I like Sylvester a lot, and I love Ace is my favorite uh, classic series companion when we get to Ace, but some of these storylines just they just don't work for me. Mm. Okay. Well, it's, that's understandable. It, I think it's hard for it to work for many people. <laughs> so, but you know, there was just a lot of fails in this one. And I'm sorry to say that, <sighs> but please write us. Why, why aren't, why aren't episodes from this era missing? <laughs> <laughs> and if you had to throw some away, BBC. <laughs> <laughs> You better not tell me that you used like Patrick Troughton tapes to record yeah, over they, and record all, it over. All, for this all of this era's taped over Patrick Troughton. <laughs> oh, me. Oh, God. Okay. With that being said, that's going to wrap up this episode from myself. Thank you guys for listening to our rants and raves on this episode. From Mike, thank you, my friend. As always, it's my pleasure. And from Mary. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It was fun to talk about. You want to talk about your artwork real quick? Uh, you can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent. And we will be back in two weeks when we are going to look at some big finish. We're going to be looking at the Paternoster Gang Heritage One from Big Finish. Should be fun. We looked at a couple of months ago. We did the all women's big finish story and they had one of their stories in there. So it'd be fun looking at the story of Madame Vastra, Jenny and Strax and such and and all original adventures should be kind of neat until then. My name is Mike Faber. We will see you here next time on the air station who podcast peace. And we're done. Boom. Damn moon. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.